Fell Creature by Trevor Allen. Chapter two. It is with considerable difficulty that I remember my creation. I was born in Geneva. All the events of that period are confused in my mind. My family is one of the most well-known of that republic. My father was the local magistrate. I remember the cold, the hunger, and pain. There was a great difference between the ages of my parents, but that seemed only to bring them closer together. Waking in a dark room. And you were there. Frankenstein. I was their oldest child. Their plaything and their idol. Your face was the first thing I saw. The innocent and helpless creature. Given to them by God. Filled with horror and disgust. A being whose future was in their hands. To direct toward happiness or misery. A strange Cacophony of sensations seized me. I saw, felt, heard, and smelt all at the same time. For a long time, I was their only child, but my mother always wanted a daughter. It was a long time before I learned to distinguish between the operations of my various senses. When I was about five years old, they spent a week on the shores of Lake Cornwall. I remember a strong light. I had to shut my eyes. Their benevolent natures often made them enter the cottages of the poor to help in any way they could. Darkness overcame me. One day, when my father was away, my mother and I found a peasant and his wife distributing a scanty meal to five hungry children. I remember hearing your voice. There was one which attracted my mother, an orphan. But when I opened my eyes again and the light poured in, you were gone. When my father returned, he found a beautiful young girl playing with me in the hall of our villa. I stood with a little difficulty and looked around for you. With his permission, my mother adopted her. I found you, stretched out on your bed, and I tried to speak. But all that came out was a groan. And so, Elizabeth Lavenza became the inmate of my parents' house. My more than sister. My childhood companion. And the love of my life. I reached out for you. But you ran away from me. Taking the light with you. On the birth of a second son, Ernest, my parents gave up their wandering life and settled in Geneva. I walked and I believe I descended to the ground. And so I left the place of my birth and went out into the world. By the time my youngest brother, William, was born, my parents lived in considerable seclusion. I found a great alteration in my senses. 
before dark shapes had surrounded me. But now I've found I, I could wander anywhere. I was predisposed to avoid crowds and to attach myself only to a few. But after a while, the light became more and more oppressive. The heat made me weary as I walked until I found a place to rest in the shade. This was the forest near Ingolstadt. I was indifferent to my schoolmates, but I had one close friend, Henry Claval. I spent days walking in the woods until I finally arrived at a village. It was miraculous. The huts, the cottages, and the stately houses amazed me. I entered one of the best of these. I have to admit that my temper was sometimes violent and my passions extreme. I hardly placed my foot inside the doorway when the children shrieked and one of the women fainted. I was driven from an early age by a need to understand things. I confess that it was the secrets of heaven and earth that I desired to learn. Soon, the whole village was roused. Some ran away, but some attacked me with stones or anything else they could throw. I escaped into the forest, battered and bruised by the hands of men. When I was 15, I witnessed a violent thunderstorm. I hadn't experienced fear before. I watched a stream of fire strike a beautiful old oak, which stood about 20 yards from my window. It was blinding. As soon as the dazzling light vanished, I saw that the tree had disappeared. I dreamt of harnessing this power. When I couldn't run anymore, I took refuge in a small hovel. When I visited the tree in the morning, it was quite bare. I found it shattered. Nothing remained but a blackened stump. A wretched sight after the palaces I had seen in the village. It was not just splintered by the shock. It was entirely reduced to thin ribbons of wood. The hovel joined onto a cottage, but after my dearly bought experienced, I knew I shouldn't enter it. I have never seen anything so completely destroyed, <laughs> said my soul. I retreated to a deserted pigsty and lay down in the straw. I was happy just to have found a shelter from the storm, but still more from the barbarity of men. When I was 17, my parents decided that I should become a student at the university. I heard a step, and looking through a small hole in the wall, I saw a beautiful young creature carrying something heavy walk past me. My departure date was set, but before the day arrived, the first misfortune of my life occurred. When all of a sudden another creature came up to her and uttered a few soft sounds, 
Then he took the log and carried it to the cottage himself. My mother became sick with fever. The looks of her doctors predicted the worst. In one wall of the cottage was a window, but it had been boarded up. There was a crack in one of the boards. I looked through it, and I could see a small room. On her deathbed, she joined the hands of Elizabeth and myself and said, Children, my hopes of future happiness were placed on the prospect of your marriage. This expectation will now be the consolation of your father. In one corner, near the fireplace, sat an old man. The young girl took something out of a drawer and sat down beside him. He picked up a piece of wood. He began to blow through it. Such sounds came out of it, sweeter than the voice of the nightingale. She passed away quietly. And even in death, her face showed affection. He played a lovely, mournful tune, which drew tears out of the eyes of the woman. But the old man took no notice until she sobbed out loud. Then he made a few sounds, and the fair creature stopped crying. He smiled at her with such kindness and affection that I felt sensations of a peculiar and overpowering nature. I can't describe the feelings of sorrow which I felt. My mother was dead, and I couldn't bring her back. But I still had duties to perform. Elizabeth comforted me. I felt a mixture of pain and pleasure, such as I had never experienced before, either from hunger or cold, warmth or food. And I turned away from the window, unable to bear these emotions. The day of my departure for Ingolstadt came. When I descended to the carriage, they were all there. My father to bless me, Laval to shake my hand one last time and my Elizabeth to kiss me goodbye. I lay on my straw, but I couldn't sleep. I thought about the day. What struck me most was the gentle manners of these creatures. I wanted to join them, but I didn't dare. I threw myself into the coach that was to convey me away, and once I was out of their sight, I wept like a little child. I remember too well the treatment of the villages. I decided to remain quietly in my hovel, watching. Eventually, I saw the high white steeple of the town and was conducted to my solitary attic apartment to spend the evening as I pleased, all alone. The cottages rose the next morning before the sun. The young woman prepared the food, and the young man chopped wood for the fire. The old man was blind, a condition I did not understand at first. When I realized he was without sight, and that he relied on the two young creatures for help, I was amazed. 
It was my first glimpse of kindness. I wanted to help too. Before, I had taken food from their garden and water from their trough. When I understood how little they had, I went into the forest at night and gathered berries and nuts and drank from the stream. I even began stacking firewood outside their shed every morning before they woke up. I was learning. Our cast included Boromax Koknar and Paul Rosenfield. The entire production was under the direction of yours truly, Alika Spencer Koknar, and stage managed by Miranda Whipple. Original composition, sound design, and sound engineer for this presentation created by Gregory James Holmes. Video elements assembled by Philip Hoffman, and episode art designed by me. This is Alika Spencer Koknar, Chief Talent Officer at the Dragon, inviting you to return for Chapter 3 in Dragon's podcast presentation of The Creature, written by Trevor Allen. In Chapter 3, Fine Form of Man, Frankenstein recalls the lectures of Professor Waldman and begins to experience the start of madness, while the creature learns language and the meaning of kindness. Frankenstein experiments with a new idea and toils away in his laboratory. The creature questions why he was brought to life. Tune in next Monday to hear the story unfold. Dragon is a nonprofit that depends upon the generosity and participation of you. No gift is too large or too small to make an enormous impact. You can feed the dragon directly online at www.dragonproductions.net forward slash CRE donate. All proceeds from this link go directly back to the dragon, as well as the artists that made this podcast possible, because only together can we help the arts thrive. Thank you so much for listening.